Welcome back, everybody. Um, if you're watching the video, you may notice that Kelsey is not with me, but there is a different lovely human being here. Uh, so welcome to Queer Halftime. My name is Becca. I use she, they, uh, and I am here with Chantel. Tanse, hello, everybody. I am so incredibly grateful to be here. Um, yes, my name is Chantel. Um, I use they, them pronouns. I am Métis and Two-Spirited, originally from Treaty 8, so I was born in high level. And now I am so absolutely humbled and honored and grateful to be working and living life on Treaty 6 and to be here and share space with you all. This is so exciting. Yeah, yeah, it is. I did um, one of y'all's HIV, I think it was the dynamics thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and you did like an opening and I was like, this person's energy is amazing. And then you get to know them. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's a snort. I haven't even told you who, what my position is and I'm already throwing snorts at you. <laughs> all good, all good. What do you want people to know about you? Um, yeah, so... Um, a little bit about me and my, my way of being. Like I said, I'm Indigenous and Métis um, on my mother's side. And then on my father's side, I, um, I'm settler. So combining that with Two-Spirited is a really interesting way of walking the earth. So there's, there's some uh, definite you know, inter intersectionalities there with, with my way of being. Um, and then also even when I introduce like my background, so my Western education, I am a life coach and a counselor and I specialize in addictions. However, um, if you ask me my title today, I serve people and I help them decolonize their sexual health. And um, basically we um, help people have sex the way they want to, just keeping each other safe. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so we had uh, your colleague Jonah on um, as our first ever guest <laughs> a couple months ago now. Um, and he did some like debunking and some myth busting for us, some educating around HIV. Um, and I realized, you know, a lot of our youth don't really know much about our history. So I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about AIDS in Canada, kind of the history of that. And then, um, you know, kind of our current situation and the stigma and awesome. things like that. I'm, I'm so grateful for this topic actually, because what it, it, it honestly, if you unpack it a little bit, what we're ultimately going to be discussing is the stigma, the stigma and the discrimination mm -hmm. and the racism and all of those, you know, real nasty, but real words that, you know, and the misconceptions too, right? Like that come from the stigma of, of the HIV AIDS mm -hmm. and, it, and it stemmed from, from the past, and it, and it really, it started with a misconception, right? Because like one of the things that we've talked about in dynamics is like one of the first kind of things is like it came from monkeys and there was all this like horrible mm -hmm. stuff, right? And it started there and um, that, 
it was a death sentence. Yeah. Right. Like those were the first real things that came out with, with regards to the AIDS epidemic in the beginning. Yeah. I feel like anytime you have a disease that crosses over from animals, there is going to be a ton of racism tied to it. And we saw this with coronavirus in the early days when it was, you know, the Wuhan disease and yeah, all the fun yeah. stuff the- that yeah. our Chinese friends went through. Yeah. And this was kind of similar. It came from chimps, crossed over to humans, and then made its way from Africa to yeah. North America. And so of course there was all the fun racism yeah. around yeah, that. Absolutely. And like, it's interesting um, when you kind of really think about it, that with science and everything that we've discovered, and when you talk about where we are nowadays, it's like, we're not even close to the same place. Not with the medications, mm-hmm. not with the outlook, not with the prognosis, not with any of that. If you just talk pure science, but you think about the stigma, and we're really close still to where, where we were in the eighties mm-hmm. and nineties. And that's kind of bonkers to me with all we know yeah. and all we yeah. do. Cause like, if you, if anybody has ever heard any of our HIV Edmonton presentations, you equals you, right? You equals you undetectable equals um, untransmittable. And that's science. Mm-hmm. we're not there with yeah yeah because like before it was even called AIDS I can't remember the exact word but it it stand, it was grid it was like gay yeah. immune deficiency yeah. disease or yeah. something like that and like it was yeah. known as gay cancer gay and like absolutely there's yeah yeah it was in like the 80s and it's infuriating right. reading a lot of the headlines and stuff like there was um, a reporter asked Ronald Reagan's press secretary, because he was president at the time, you know, what the president thought about it. And it's just them joking. Because like, they, they did not. They were yeah. privileged. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible how once that grid came out and once somebody even just associated it, right? Like even the, they say patient zero, gay tan, right? Mm. Because he was a yeah. gay man, his life as a, as a yeah. queer person. Yeah. And they called him patient zero. And like, you really think mm-hmm. that that's true? But in yeah. all the media and stuff, yeah. like that poor man's life. Yeah, it was this thing of like, it gets tied to a vulnerable population because they are more likely to get it. Right. We didn't have the same sexual health education. So a lot of men who had sex with men weren't worried about condoms. They're like, we don't need to get, we aren't going to get pregnant. So we aren't worried about it. And it was also found with like intravenous drug users. Right. Um, And it wasn't until a couple of years later that they were like, Oh, women can get this. And then bisexual men started getting demonized. It's like, Oh, they're, these secret gays are yeah, they're targeting women. Now. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's it's literally bonkers the way and and even amongst our own queer community, right? Because mm-hmm. suddenly, like you said, you know, 
lesbians or like people who are bisexual were now like dangerous. And then it went to like, you know what I mean? Like it just like, so there was a lot of stigma amongst, yeah, yeah. just our own community of like, cause there was so much fear and misinformation. There was, cause exactly. people didn't know, like all because the- nobody in power cared, there was no funding for research at the beginning. So for the first couple of years, people like, that's how we get the myth of you can get it from a toilet seat or from kissing. Like you didn't want to share a drink with someone. And none of this, right. And like, nobody ever mentions that. So we think about, you know, if we think about our high risk populations, for example, and, and like you said, yeah. Um, you know, our queer people, you know, our queer population is definitely overrepresented. Our indigenous population, absolutely, definitely overrepresented. But if you really unpack that, it's the barriers and the systems they face mm-hmm. and access to proper health care and medication and education and housing. And you know what I mean? And that's the same thing with our mm-hmm. community, right? And so, yeah, it's just, it's a whole plethora of different things. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, when like, it started to kind of get a little bit more traction when like a couple of really famous people like came out with their status and ended up dying. Like Rock Hudson in 85 was like, probably the first celebrity that said, Hey, I have AIDS. And he later died, but like, he was like, you know, golden age of Hollywood, like heartthrob leading man. Like he was, he was a, a heterosexual, heterosexual. Um, <laughs> well, unless, unless you yeah. ask exactly. the other actors. Right. And then they're like, no, he's gay. Yeah. Right. And then People yeah. know about Freddie Mercury, right? That's if we asked our yeah. kids, that's probably one they would know. And then like Magic Johnson was, you know, a straight man yeah. who got it and, you know, survived. But he retired from yeah. basketball. Like he faced so much stigma, right? And it doesn't help that he's, exactly. you know, black, right? So he might be straight, but he has this other, <laughs> this other like marginalization. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, if you bring it back to, so even if you were saying like Magic Johnson, for example, so like what we know now with regards to the fluids in our, in our bodies that can transmit HIV. So there is only five fluids in our body that can Mm -hmm. transmit it. And that's fact, right? So we have blood, semen, anal secretions, vaginal secretions and then breast or chest milk and that mm-hmm. is the only five fluids that contain enough virus to be transmittable so let's yeah. take that back so that means saliva doesn't make that list sweat doesn't make that list urine doesn't make that mm-hmm. list and a new one i heard today was earwax and oh. <laughs> i know right i'm not even why sure are you touching other people's I earwax know. that's <laughs> where i wanted to know is like okay so like that's really i don't know that i've ever come in contact like, with another I, person's earwax I, but <laughs> i mean why i'm sticking something in someone's ear so anyhow yeah so yeah but like so it just makes I me mean, wonder then what were the reasons why, like what, you know, that caused mm-hmm. this person to have to leave basketball, something that like they were amazing at. 
Yeah. Well, and he, um, is a really big proponent of like managing with medication, right? Cause he's tried quite a few. Um, he's a big activist for all these things. So he wasn't one of the ones that had, you know, that rare pneumonia or like tuberculosis or things like that. Right. Um, but I feel like if you're playing basketball, yeah, it's going to be spit or sweat. Like people aren't having unprotected penetrative sex sex on the court. Exactly. Or sharing needles (laughs) on the court. Yeah. And also you're right. Because what we know about, you know, just again, Magic Johnson seems like pretty healthy dude. Right. So that tells me chances are, and probably has zero barriers to his medications. So if he's adhering and taking his medications, he can't transmit anyway. Mm-hmm. he's intransmissible he's undetectable yeah so even if he was on you know what i mean even if he got a bloody lip he couldn't mm-hmm. transmit the disease so it is it's very interesting like i said how with the sciences and the mm-hmm. facts we still right well you still get cops that like arrest people for like assaulting an officer because they spat at we them do. we have that right today. and the person has hiv or they might have hiv or they we you know we give part of our presentation on that yeah. absolutely with this i know that's where i got that example yeah, right <laughs> today um there were still one person out of the five that uh is still battling that in court today Four people have had theirs thrown out, but I mean, I don't know if any of your viewers have navigated the legal system or anything like that. The stress, the anxiety, Mm -hmm. the fear that comes with just navigating that, never mind the unknown, like, and then you're already navigating a a medical condition because like, I've never heard of them putting somebody with cancer just because they've had cancer through that. So why are we doing that to somebody navigating HIV? Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's put in this separate category from like all other diseases. Like I found out it wasn't until 2009 when like there was a ban on people traveling into the States for HIV positive. Like Obama didn't end that until 2009. Like that was in place for a couple of decades. I didn't realize that that's wild. Yeah. And and that's it. And, and why would like technically, you know, like just thinking on an everyday basis, it's not something we think about, Oh, I should go out and educate myself on HIV. And like, and that's the reason why things and, and shows like this and, you know, places like HIV Edmonton and out loud and all of these places that are willing to create safe spaces to have these conversations are so Mm. essential right now because we're not battling the science part of it. And I can't say that enough because people aren't listening, right? Like it's not the science, literally. Becca, do you, if you've been to our dynamics and you know, do you, in this day and age, in this moment in time right now with the science and if people were supported to take their medications and access their medications, we could eradicate AIDS, HIV mm-hmm. today. Yeah, we could with undetectable. We could. Well, and even not even just HIV, like Jonah taught us that, like, even if you have AIDS, you can step it back with medication to HIV and then get to that undetectable. Absolutely. If you are in full blown, unsupported, you are like on death's door AIDS. Yeah. With support, Mm -hmm. with treatment, 
with accessing healthcare, all of that, I have heard reports of so many of our community members saying that they were on death's door. Their, their prognosis was, they were dead. Like they were already dead mm. and literally have come back to navigate being peer support workers and undetectable. And like to put that into perspective, going from a viral load of over 200,000 virus copy copies of the virus in one person's bloodstream mm -hmm. to in less than three months going to undetectable which is under well they usually say about 45 copies of the virus wow in three months that's wild bonkers, <laughs> it's right? amazing like yeah bonkers though full-blown science is awesome yeah <laughs> science is so awesome and yes. that's why, like I said, space to talk about this stuff. Like, how do you wrap your brain around that? And you know what the other thing is too, with regard, I know I get so excited about it. No, I'm excited. Let's hear it. <laughs> In the beginning, sometimes some of our 36 pills a day. Yes. Like fistfuls, fistfuls of pills. Like some of like horse lunch, pills. Like when you're already feeling like trash. Right. And yeah. like, I have to take an antidepressant every day. Do you know how sometimes how angry that makes me? <laughs> it's yeah. morning sunshine. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just makes me angry. So I couldn't yeah. imagine. And then also we hear tell of them saying in our community saying that the pills actually make them feel worse than what the HIV does. So now they've got to take these handfuls of this crazy concoction. Yeah. And feel, know they're going to feel like trash. And today, mm -hmm. you know where we are with that? I do, but let's hear okay. it. <laughs> Most of our community members navigate one pill a day. Amazing. One pill a day with a side effect of a slight headache, slight nausea, but most of them clear that in three weeks. Oh my God. One pill. That's amazing. Like even just like, if I have medication where it's like this one, you have to take on an empty stomach and this one you have to take with food. I'm like, that's impossible to manage. I, I don't know how I'm going to deal with yeah. it. Right. Yeah. But like 36, like, I feel like the stuff it's like, okay, you have to take 20 with food. Yeah. You have to take these ones at the end of oh, the day before 100%. bed. You were given lit. <laughs> that was your yes, day. And that was your day. Yeah. And then could you imagine storing that? What if you were any of our community members that were like unhoused or faced barriers or like, oh my God, you would be immediately arrested for like trafficking. Oh, They'd be like, why do you have all these pills? Right? Like it would be bonkers. And then what if you do have to take them with food? Yeah. Yeah. You're unhoused. Could you imagine yeah. trying to take 36 pills on a granola bar? No. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> right so yeah. yeah it's just yeah it's interesting how when you start unpacking this stuff it's mm -hmm. like really it's so much more than just you know that fear of the toilet seat which is absolutely ludicrous it is absolutely well yeah and I I mentioned this in our other HIV episode but I remember when I was a kid there was this like myth of if you were in a crowd like watch out for people that would like just maliciously stab you with AIDS needles. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, first of all, that's not happening, but also that's, it wouldn't work. Yeah. 
It wouldn't. I cannot, it wouldn't because again, let's go back to science and bust that myth. Do you know that legit actually the AIDS virus or the HIV virus is actually really weak. It is a really, really weak virus outside of the body. It can generally live for 30 seconds, 30 seconds, you know, maybe a minute outside of the body. That's it. Yeah. So like if you're sharing a needle, you have to go like somebody injects themselves with the needle by the time that they take that needle out, look and focus on their target, even if they're going to do this. And also, I don't know why somebody's going to be out there stabbing people with a needle. That just is absolutely crazy to me because I've even never seen that ever. Oh no, it was yeah. just this weird right? myth yeah. like, just, in like the early 2000s. 100%. <laughs> and so, yeah, so you couldn't even infect somebody that way. Oh yeah. So yeah, I know. It's, yeah. Even if you are like sharing needles, yeah. it's tricky. It's tricky. Right. Yeah. Which you shouldn't for other reasons. Of course. Of but- course. 100% <laughs> of course. But like, yeah, yeah, it is for as strictly speaking to HIV, it's mm-hmm. not you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, because of it, like so much of our medical system had to tighten up, like they weren't testing blood transfusions before. So you were also like patients who got transfusions, got HIV, like that's wild. Uh Yeah. And of course that's how we get the blood ban, right. Of men who have sex with men, not being able to donate. And they've like loosened it, but you still have to be abstinent for like a certain number of months. Yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah. But it is still absolutely on the table for queer men. Uh, yeah. yeah I think it's up to four months. Um, They just lowered it again. Yeah, they did. It It's because they refused to actually get rid of it, even though we test for yeah, HIV and, in the blood. Which is but... also really kind of interesting because if you know about testing and how HIV shows up in that certain window of possibility, it's literally like three weeks. So having somebody maintain abstinence for four months is just doesn't make sense anyway. Well, yeah, even if they're in a committed that, like relationship, which, it's yeah, like, and that which tells yeah. you coming from like a medical setting, still that the stigma involved in our healthcare. Yeah, but it's a, if you're in a committed relationship with a woman, you're fine. Yes, you but you're fine. And like, if it's with another dude, yeah, we don't want your blood. Exactly, which is just ludicrous <laughs> because again, if you talk to our community members, there have been community members that disclosed they were cheated on, and that's how they got, you know. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So they thought they were in a committed yeah. relationship too, but suddenly yeah. they're accessing HIV Edmonton for care and support. So yeah. And yet they could literally go out and give blood. You know what I mean? If they, yeah, oh, totally. totally. And there would be no reason why. So again, where's the science? What's the reasoning behind that? Well, and that's so one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about this is we're seeing a lot of like, the early days of the AIDS epidemic with the way people are communicating about monkeypox. Mm. Like I'm seeing a lot of parallels. They're like, Oh, it's being exclusively found in gay men. I'm like, that's cause you're only testing gay men, my friend. Yep. Like you decided it was a gay disease. So you're only testing gay men. So of course, hundred percent of the people who test positive are going to be gay men. Yeah. Like you have created this for yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the only thing, honestly, 
that I really have to say to that is thank creator that our queer community has empowered themselves, educated themselves and understand. Mm -hmm. And that this is, and the reason why I say that is because, and they're not, they're not settling to be put in that stigmatized role anymore. And, and the reason mm -hmm. why I can disclose that and that positive and that hope is because yes, people are saying that and you know, people are starting to say that. However, today, today I was doing outreach at a queer focused agency and three of our queer men identifying stepped up and were saying that they're getting their vaccine. They're getting their, they're taking care of their healthcare. They are stopping this with science. Like they are mm -hmm. stopping this. They are not hiding this. They're not standing for that. They are taking care of their health. And I just love that. And they're open and they're sharing and they're mentoring other youth. Like, no, mm -hmm. you know, this is fine. You can do this. Oh, it was so cool. Yeah. And I, I feel like because of the epidemic, like our, the queer community has gotten really good about STI testing right? and like sexual yes. health and safety and like all these things, like even more yes. so than I think a lot of like heterosexual <gasps> communities Absolutely. Like I learned more like from queer friends about sexual health yep. than I did from like. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. And like, and I love that about it because you're the more, you know, we talk about it and the more time I get to spend in queer spaces. Cause part of one of our workshops, we asked, so where did you learn your sexual health from? I mean, just cause like, we're hella curious <laughs> about that. Right. Cause yeah. like for myself, if it wasn't for, if it was left up to my parents, I still wouldn't know where babies come from. So like, and I'm 46, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I just, it's very interesting um, to hear that. And like, so, you know, a lot of people, it's like school now that they're hearing and friends and like in queer spaces, yeah. it's friends and each other. And I just love that because I didn't have that. You know what I mean? Yes. Sex was not talked about. There was no safe space to just unpack this and ask these questions and no, like, yeah. Yeah. So it, it is. Well, especially for like people who appear to be women. Yeah right and who were raised as like girls yeah like the boys would talk about sex you know like, <laughs> like whatever yeah, right yeah but the girls it was like no no safe space for people with vaginas yeah. like no safe no. space it, yeah yes just... I've I've joked a lot about my my Catholic school sex ed. Oh, it, was, it was bad right <laughs> right like yeah, yeah it, it can barely be called sex ed. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think in their policy book, it's not. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, and even there, like you know, I remember because we never, never, I've never heard HIV or any kind of health, you know, brought up in in, in when I was in school. And like even now, I've been invited into the schools to do presentations which is again, fighting that stigma and that misconception yes. and like where we were, you know, and now where we're 
at. And like, yeah. it's just, oh, I guess part of it for me is I'm hella impatient and like, <laughs> I want all the barriers broken, you know? Absolutely. Like, I want everyone access to prep and, and the medications and condoms and all the things so that people can have, you know, great sex the way that, you know, looks to them. I just, yeah. I got asked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like we've made a lot of movement in that people are realizing (sighs) that like the communities who are most vulnerable can't be written off like they used to be. Like it was gay men and intravenous drug users like before. And they were like, well, so what if they all die? Right. Right. But now it's like, oh, these are human beings. Like, yeah. And so I think, I think that's shifting. I agree with you also. It, they're, yeah. they're not being as othered. Yes. Right. And, and having that language and, and suddenly it's like, oh, there's community and there's space for everybody. And now we understand mm. that we were taught a lot of really harmful things and like, don't get me wrong. That's, I'm not saying that's okay. Cause it's not okay. But mm. like, part of it is we're not we're not responsible for that, right? However, we are responsible for what we do going forward. A hundred percent. Right? Yes. So we're not responsible for those things that happened to us and the way we were taught. But once we are given mm-hmm. this new information and this new way, we are now a hundred percent responsible and accountable for how we go forward. And so yeah. I think that is also, you know, yeah. shifting too. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. yeah, like this education is so easily accessible, right? Right, like it's there isn't much of an excuse not to honestly and to like carry forward those biases. Yeah. No, there isn't. There's absolutely no excuse because everything um, HIV Edmonton offers, as far as education and prevention, is free. Call us. Like that's all you nice. have to do is call us. We are all about breaking barriers, and also. If any of your listeners or community or anybody needs access to condoms, dental dams, lube, safe sex supplies, internals, which I'll just give a little caveat on that. um, Before they were called um, female condoms. However, we um, have changed the language on that because Mm -hmm. they can go inside bums and like we all have bums. So why are they called (laughs) female condoms? So, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so we call them internals. So I just wanted to explain what Mm -hmm. I meant by that. But yeah, condoms that can go inside a bum or a vagina. So, yeah. So anything like that, that y'all need. And we also have some really cool flavored condoms that are really, 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 really pretty. (laughs) We had, there has been some taste testing it out loud. Awesome. <laughs> I know. I asked a couple of the, the youth actually about the chocolate strawberry and if they could update me because I like it. <laughs> we have some other worker community, or sorry, staff members that are like. I could see it being divisive. Yeah. So I was just I could curious see, yeah. how it went over on. <laughs> I feel like any of those synthetic flavors, people are all like, love it or hate I, it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean. Yeah. No, oh, a hundred percent. Even that, 
right there is breaking those stigma and those barriers mm-hmm. and like so different from from like where we were you know mm-hmm. and talking about this stuff and and joking and laughing and just oh it's just so beautiful yeah and kind of like in a conversation about like the AIDS epidemic and everything we would be remiss not to give a shout out to the lesbians of the time who were there for the gay men and the bisexual men and all these people and were like providing aid and absolutely you are so correct and thank you thank you I tend to get go down rabbit holes sometimes but all good bringing it back because (laughs) literally what this is was about was support and breaking those barriers. And isn't it interesting mm. that when you think about it and in that time, it was literally the lesbians that showed up for the gay men. Yeah. Right. They didn't, they didn't care. They weren't buying into it. They were like my bro or, you know, my person, my community yeah. is in need. Yeah. Let's do what we got to do. And like, they were taking care of very sick people. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 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 Cause like the way it was discovered was people getting this rare pneumonia that people with healthy immune systems don't get. That's why they were like, I wonder what's happening, but yeah, it's things like tuberculosis. Like it's all these like rare diseases that you don't really see, but if you don't have an immune system that like works, Exactly. Well, and that's what it is, right? Because like HIV and AIDS are completely different. So like we could start with stigma right there. They are two entirely different um, medical conditions. So HIV Mm. is the human immunodeficiency virus, right? And basically that does attack the immune system, but it's just that it's that specific virus and that's what you're navigating and if you're on your medications your antiretrovirals you can live a long healthy life right mm-hmm. unless another disease comes onto the picture so another illness so for example like um like you said pneumonia tuberculosis thrush because a person with HIV has that compromised immune system because it's already engaged in fighting the HIV. So this other, you know, um, opportunistic illness can just come walking on in. And so if Mm -hmm. that all your immune cells are focused on your HIV, nobody's looking at pneumonia or thrush or bacteria over here. And so they Mm -hmm. wreck their on their havoc and now there's got no defenses. So exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what is AIDS is when you have HIV and you navigate an opportunistic infection. And that's mm-hmm. how now with treatments, people can clear it and go back and forth because if they're supported to maintain a healthy immune system and to get their immune system back up with those ARVs, then you can treat the pneumonia and you can give it the boot, right? And you go back to just like mm-hmm. So it's it's really interesting. Yeah, I think people don't realize that you don't die from AIDS. No. Like if you look up, you know, Freddie Mercury or Rock Hudson or any no. of those people, it's AIDS related complications. Exactly. There's nobody that dies, from right? AIDS. It's that it's secondary opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Nobody yeah. dies from AIDS. It's you know. Yeah. It's AIDS related. It's it's got to be those mm. two. Yeah, I know. It's it's bonkers, and like. Yeah. And one of the things where I go, like, even with that, you know, 
we'll always hear like where the stigma is still pro- so prevalent, even nowadays um, about like universal precautions when we go to like dentists and doctors and places mm. like that. Right. But we have community members who will tell you and tell us and openly disclose that they make sure that they put on their full face makeup, their full hair's done and wearing very, very, very professional clothes, even Mm -hmm. if they have nothing else to do to go to the dentist. I wear my pajamas, like, you know what I mean? And they're in full, like uniform, I wanna say, full protection. Mm -hmm. And they're still shamed. Yeah. Well, they want to look as like normal societally respectable right? as healthy, yeah. as possible yeah. so that they'll get care. And yet we are mm-hmm. literally trained about universal precautions. Like what dentist office yeah. do you go into that they are not gloved, mask, gown, blah, 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 face shield. Like it's, when you're not going to get it from and spit. And you're not going to get it from spit. Exactly. Yeah. You would think Even one time that, I bit my dentist and yeah. she wouldn't have gotten yeah. it. Yeah. Right. And like, <laughs> you can't get it from spit. So literally, yeah. and that's the stigma still. Mm-hmm. And this was disclosed like this year. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you think about it, like we mentioned Reagan earlier, yeah. like he didn't publicly talk about AIDS for almost seven yeah. years, like over 20,000, almost 30,000 Americans. Yeah had gotten it and like so many had died and he hadn't. Yeah. And now think of what he would have, like, just think of what the possibilities could have been if this had been like, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, if they had funded yeah. research. Cause like once research got funded, they came out with like AZT pretty quickly and with tests yeah. and like, yeah, like it went fairly quickly yeah. once there was the will. Yeah the focus or you know some people fought for their lives and were literally desperate for services like just it's bonkers what when you think yeah that's where you get you know the amazing people like with act up and all these like Edmonton had their own um you know there was what was it AIDS coalition Toronto like yeah Uh Um, we actually had such a treat here at the office earlier this week. Oh my gosh, it was so exciting. We got to meet um, the very first paid employee of HIV Edmonton before it went from, I know, from like a grassroots basement in somebody's, you know, like Michael Mm -hmm. Fair's basement kind of deal to an office-ish area with a paid employee and we got to meet him and it was so so cool and like to see and show off where we're kind of at right now and like Mm -hmm. what you know oh my gosh it was amazing yeah we had we had Michael on a little while ago and me and Kelsey were just like kind of starstruck like I need to get right, this fan person I yeah. know yeah <laughs> yeah we need to get him back on to talk more because yeah. he's just wonderful right also there are a few like I find there are a few people more entertaining to talk to than elderly gay men like the stories right. that they tell and the way they tell them are incredible <laughs> 
They're so much fun. Oh, yes. There is nothing like hearing stories from an elder. Let, oh, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. A hundred million percent. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Is there like anything else you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to like touch on too much? Oh, I don't know. Is there anything like you thought that maybe they wanted to kind of bring? I don't know. And I, I never really, cause like, yeah. I don't know. We've talked about prep. Um, you can, there's a couple of places you can get it. Oh, and um, also please, if you don't mind, I would love to do a plug on that. We are building capacity to working with um, Freddie and actually, I'm, yeah. I'm I was just going to mention Freddie. So I'm, I'm going there. <laughs> we are building capacity. Garrett, our um, GBMSM lead, mm-hmm. is getting drop in Freddie. So, that's like prep access. So, literally, you just have to, yeah, that's coming. That's coming. That's. Yeah. So pretty soon you'll also be able to have help accessing your Freddie from us or your prep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 That's so exciting. All your testing needs here, folks, like even, even young beans, like don't even hesitate. Um, Yes. If you need testing, if you need any kind of referrals, we are working very closely with NAP, which is the Northern Alberta, um, Uh, HIV AIDS like AIDS placement program and stuff through Royal Alex Um, everybody we're working with um, building capacity there we're Mm -hmm. doing a lot of things with regards to a lot of really cool things with the tests are not scary and they take literally a minute like although when they say a large drop of blood they are not kidding Like they're talking, they want like a leader. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> but I did have to do it twice because the first one was inconclusive because it was not a big enough drop of blood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a couple of band-aids on my finger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it's, they're not fun. Scary. Don't you yeah, feel like a little bit fast. of a scientist though? Yes. Yes. It's like mix this chemical and this one and then yeah. Yes. We also have hep C nice. self-test kits here right now and access to that so like there's a lot of really cool testing and Mm -hmm. like support and like supplies that we can help anybody out with just reach out yes and i will link them in the episode description and everything so you can find your way to hiv edmonton absolutely any one of us you know any one of us here can link you or set you up with with whatever resource person that you that you Mm. need and um i have to say i'm actually quite proud I think we're running right now about half and half queer and straight stuff. So like the chances of you, you know, needing a queer person is really good. And I love that representation. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) Oh, I just, yeah. Like I said, all about breaking barriers and creating safe spaces. So we can Mm -hmm. talk about these things. 
Awesome. Awesome. And I feel like this has been a pretty joyful episode, but we always end with a little thing we call queer joy. Mm. I can't remember if I explained it to you, but it's just something that has brought you joy this past week. It could be an interaction or anything like that. For me, Bent Arrow came to out loud yesterday and gave us a dream catcher teaching. Um, So I made a really terrible dream catcher, uh, but Sophie from Bent Arrow was very, very sweet about it. She showed me how to string it like three times. Like I was a toddler and was just lovely, (laughs) but yeah, it was really, really wonderful. And I was very, um, felt very grateful for that shared knowledge. Mm -hmm. I can definitely honor that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's my catcher and sharing space with Sophie is yes. Yes. Definitely a joy thing. Um, (laughs) Honestly, today I was doing outreach and I got a chance to reconnect with a a young one that I haven't seen in over a year. And I got the biggest hug and just like, oh my gosh. And just to see their beautiful face and know that they were safe. Um, Fuck it, over full, over full. So yeah, (laughs) honestly, yeah spending time with with kin was beautiful (laughs) that's really lovely (laughs) (laughs) awesome well thank you so much for joining me Chantel Um, and thank you everybody for listening or watching or however you are engaging with this Uh, be kind to yourself and others and we will see you next week Bye. See you. Hi, hi. (laughs) Thank you so much.